So why is moving our bodies so important for our mental well-being? We know that many forms of exercise can boost our mood, but do you know why? Perhaps you think it's burning off stress, reducing muscle tension, or even boosting those endorphins. Whilst all of those are true, the most important reason is that exercise boosts your brain function, and this is what improves your mental well-being. And I wanna share with you today three ways in which exercise can boost your brain and well-being and share some strategies to help you move. So hi, my name is Dr. Ben Webb and I'm a neuroscientist and welcome to episode one of Better Brain, Better You. We'll be trying to help you cultivate a healthy brain and build better mental well-being. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Glad to have you here, wherever you're listening, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or if you're watching on YouTube. But before we dive in, and if you're really interested in understanding why your brain health is so important for your mental well-being, I've got a free video and guide to give away for you, to give away to you with three insights about your brain that can help your mental well-being. You can grab that guide at ologyonlinecourses.com forward slash freebrain. That's ologyonlinecourses.com forward slash freebrain. And I'll pin the link below in the comments if you're watching on your on YouTube. Okay, so let's dive in. I became interested in exercise and its effects on mental well-being after I actually had major surgery a few years ago now. And at the time, I was training for a half marathon. I was reasonably fit. And then an unknown infection that I'd picked up while abroad on holiday, we discovered subsequently was actually actively eating away inside my lung. My lung. And to cut a long story very short, the surgery that I had because the medics couldn't do anything for me after a month in hospital actually saved the rest of my lung and also saved my life. But that's the, the point of the story is less to tell you just about the surgery per se, but more about my recovery and how that affected my mental well-being. So immediately after the surgery, having been reasonably active beforehand, my mental well-being took a real hit. I became quite depressed, quite anxious, and would have sometimes have panic attacks, things that had never really happened to me before. And I completely lost my confidence and interest in work as well. So obviously as a consequence of the actual surgery, I had to try and build my physical health. And in doing that, what I did was to begin with, I could only literally walk a few steps. So almost gone back to, you know, to complete kind of base level of absolutely no fitness whatsoever. So I was walking a few steps and those few steps turned into walking around the hospital. And then when I left the hospital, after a few months walking around the park, and then doing, after some, another few months doing a bit of jogging, and then something that really helped me actually is, and then I took up park run, which some of you I'm sure will be familiar with, and started running with other like-minded people. And then eventually got up to kind of levels of running where I could train and and do the half marathon that I've been training for uh, before 
before the surgery. But something that I really noticed during this period was that obviously my physical health improved, but my mental health took a completely transformed. And it wasn't a quick process. It happened from when I was just walking a few steps, as I said, and even these kind of small amounts of exercise actually really helped with my mood and I really noticed it. And then as I increased the intensity and the kind of duration of the exercise, this helped even more. So this is kind of how I became interested in, in, in this topic. And when I researched the kind of ev the scientific evidence for the relationship between exercise or moving and your mental well-being, I discovered that there's lots and lots of evidence out there and the clinical trials back up my personal experience. And actually, exercise in itself or moving can be as effective as certain medications for treating things like anxiety and depression. So why does exercise have such a positive effect on our mental well-being? Well, I want to discuss three ways. And the first is how exercise can actually grow new brain cells. So, so I'm going to say that again, exercise can actually grow new cells, new neurons inside your brain. Something that in of itself we didn't actually think was possible until a few decades, less than a decade ago. And now we know exercise can grow brain cells. It can also help reduce depression and it can also have a big impact if you, if you suffer with um, anxiety and worry. And I want to finish up the podcast to give you some some strategies to, to help you start moving or to help you with your with your movement if you already are moving sound good let's dive into the main main body of the podcast okay so as i said so exercise can grow new brain cells and this can really help for learning new behaviors so how does that work well a few years ago now we discovered this chemical these factors that we call inside the brain called brain derived neurotrophic factors bdnf for short and we now know that aerobic exercise promotes this factor bdnf and why is this important well we know that bdnf is the factor there's there's many types of chem chemicals that fall under the category of this of bdnf can actually grow new brain cells. So BDNF is a little bit like sort of brain fertilizer for the brain. So if you get a Petri dish, try and put some, some juvenile cells in that Petri dish and then drop BDNF on top of it, it will grow, the neurons will start growing axons and dendrites and all the things that help them connect with other neurons and turn into adult neurons. It's very much like brain fertilizer or miracle grow would be another way of saying it for neurons. So why is this important? Well, inside of your head, there are billions of neurons and trillions of connections between each of those neurons. And they underlie everything that we do. They underline our underlie our emotions, our memories, our thinking, even our consciousness and even our social interactions with other people so it underlies all aspects of our behavior and interactions in the world and we now know that this bdnf factor grows neurons grows brain cells inside a brain structure called the hippocampus and the hippocampus is really really important for boosting your learning 
and boosting your memory. So, and why this is important is because when you exercise, it's going to help and facilitate you to learn new skills, to learn new abilities that you can remember. And we know in of itself that learning new skills actually just boosts your mental health. But in this context, it's really important because learning new skills is going to help you change those behaviors. You're going to develop new neurons and new connections and new brain cells that can now facilitate and enable you to learn these new behaviors that might kickstart and change your well-being and the way you feel about yourself and the way you feel about others. So even though so we know that exercise can grow these new neurons, one aspect of this process is that when these neurons are, are first born, they're actually really, really vulnerable to, to being damaged and to, to dying off during this period. And it takes about three to four weeks for them to grow and reach maturity. And to survive, they need stimulation. And they need stimulation to keep, to, to keep them alive. And we now know that the sort of stimulation that will keep them alive is other forms of learning will keep them alive. That can take the form of learning like the kind of learning you might imagine that you would have done in the classroom at school or the learning you might do at work. But actually, in this context, sports that involve complex movements like things like tennis or gymnastics, even playing golf, for example, these sports that involve complex movements and concentration on your part to, to learn them, they, they help these neurons to survive. So, so you can imagine a sort of prescription if you were going to give one. And I don't like to really kind of to, to be prescriptive in offering kind of exercise routines and so on to help with your mental well-being. But if, if you were to design a kind of program based on this neuroscience, something like exercise of about 30 minutes per day plus some sport involving a complex movement like tennis or yoga or gymnastics or, or golf, and perhaps we play that maybe two, two, two to three times a week, that's going to really help with growing new neurons and then helping those neurons survive to help you learn new skills and help you learn new behaviors to improve your mental well-being. Okay, so that's the first thing that I wanted to first thing about how exercise can Im improve your mental well-being that I wanted to share with you and the second thing is that exercise we now know improves and can actually prevent depression by boosting chemicals inside your brain so what do we mean by depression well it's more than just feeling unhappy or feeling fed up for a few days most people go through periods of, of, of feeling down. But to be actually depressed, you really need to feel persistently sad for weeks or months. And we now know that exercise can have a really positive impact on all of the depressive symptoms, whether that's whether you suffer with kind of mild episodes and more kind of fleeting forms of depression or more chronic forms that last for much longer periods of time. Exercise can impact on each of those different types of depression by boosting your mood. So we now know that studies have shown that even just changing your exercise habits in and of itself can actually change and reduce your risk 
of depression. So aside from elevating endorphins, which exercise definitely does do, it actually targets all of the brain chemicals that are involved in depression that, that we know, at least at this point in our understanding of depression, that are involved in depression itself. So for example, exercise elevates a brain chemical called norepinephrine, which norepinephrine really kind of wakes you up and wakes your brain up and wake, wakes you up and improves your self-esteem. And it also moving itself, access, just moving itself actually improves and, sorry, improves and enhance, enhances dopamine inside of your brain. So you may well have heard of dopamine. It's often called the sort of pleasure, pleasure chemical. And this can improve your mood, it can improve your wellness, and it jumpstarts your attention system inside your brain. And moving can also affect serotonin, which we know is incredibly important for your mood, your impulse, impulse control, and your self-esteem. Self so most, most antidepressants, so most drugs for depression that you might take or might be prescribed if you went to see your, your GP or your physician, most of those actually target one or more of these three chemicals that I've just described. But they typically work, antidepressants typically work by raising or lowering these, these either individual chemicals or a couple of chemicals. But there isn't an antidepressant that targets all of the brain chemicals that we know are involved in depression, whereas exercise actually does. It targets all of the brain chemicals, all of the what we call neurotransmitters that are affected by depression. So it's a much more naturalistic treatment for moving your mood. So if you are you know, already taking antidepressants or you're considering taking antidepressants or that's your preferred way of treating your depression, one way to sort of think about exercise is if you go, whatever your preferred form of exercise is, whether that's running, swimming, cycling, yoga, aerobics, gymnastics, whatever, whatever it may be, or walking just as well, then it's a bit like those forms of exercise are a bit like taking a bit of Ritalin or a bit of Prozac or a bit of Lustral, which are all antidepressants that we know are reasonably affecting, effective at helping people with their mood. Okay, and the third thing that I'd like to share with you is that exercise also produces calming chemicals inside your, inside your brain that can help you reduce anxiety and reduce worry. So what do we mean by anxiety? Well, when you're anxious, you're kind of physically tense, what are the you know the sort of symptoms are things like you become jittery, you become short of breath, your heart starts racing quite quickly. You might have a mild panic panic attack, and in more severe forms of anxiety, you might suffer with chest pains as well. And emotionally, how you feel is you feel afraid, you feel fearful. That's the feelings that you have. But anxiety itself is actually a completely natural reaction to threats that might be out there in the environment. This, and it activates the sympathetic, 
nervous system in, inside your body, which activates the pituitary and adrenal glands inside your inside your brain, and they go into overdrive during a kind of a, during an ang- anxiety anxious experience. So, but worry when there's no real threat there. And you can't and you can't function normally when you're feeling in this kind of worried state. Well, that's really what we might classify as an and as a, as an anxiety disorder. And anxiety disorders actually share very similar symptoms. The experience of anxiety shares very very similar physical symptoms um, to when you're actually doing exercise. So and this, this the kind of brain also the experience that you have inside your brain when you're having a kind of anxiety attack is you have this brain dysfunction that we call cognitive misinterpretation of the situation and that may be that that's when you're misinterpreting the signals that are coming into you and so for example in a social situation you might be having a conversation with someone when you're in an anxious state and this cognitive misinterpretation would mean that you would misinterpret their facial expression, for example. So they may actually be talking to you in and interacting with you in quite a friendly way. But when you're in an anxious state, you're in this kind of heightened state of fear, you might misinterpret their facial expression as angry when actually it wasn't. And that's what we mean by cognitive misinterpretation. There's lots of examples of that in which someone in an anxious state will misinterpret the signals and often the social signals coming into their brain. An exercise is a bit like one way to sort of think about it is for for anxiety specifically. It's a little a little bit like a sort of shot of whiskey to calm your nerves, but obviously we wouldn't promote that. But without the kind of negative consequences of of alcohol. So because what it does is it actually stops the anxiety feedback loop to your brain, and exercise promotes, as I said, these calming chemicals inside your head and they include things like tryptophan which is one of the which is an amino acid it's one of the building blocks of serotonin which we know calms our brain down and we know calm calms us down and exercise also promotes a really important and widespread brain chemical in your brain called GABA and GABA is this chemical that really sort of suppresses the activity across large areas of your brain to try and calm your brain down and it's really the primary target in your brain of most anti-anxiety medicines and this is designed to stop the sort of obsessive feedback loop that some people will suffer with with anxiety so how can exercise help in of itself well to sort of talk you through what it's actually like as i said it's quite similar to lots of the physical symptoms you might experience with anxiety and it can really help in the following way in that when you exercise it increases your heart rate, increases your breathing. And if you can exercise and and experience those physical symptoms and come out the other side of that without having a panic attack, without having an anxiety attack, then you can learn the physical signals actually don't lead to some negative consequence. You don't have an anxiety attack. And that's one way just exercising in in of itself can actually really help you learn to sort of manage those physical symptoms that you experience during an anxiety attack and overcome them and realize that they're not going to lead to danger and to threat. And you can become comfortable also with your body 
getting into this aroused state because that's what obviously happens during exercise and movement your body becomes aroused and you experience those physical symptoms and you can realize that arousal actually isn't noxious like you might have imagined during a during an anxiety attack or or a panic attack so it really sort of exercise and movement can teach the brain to survive these anxious symptoms and can also help with reprogramming this cognitive misinterpretation this misinterpretation of those signals out there in the world that we that i mentioned earlier so as i said if you were th- like for depression if you wanted to sort of imagine what a kind of initial prescription might be for exercise or movement for anxiety then the kind of the kind of exercise that's going to help is rigorous exercise somewhere in the region of about 60 to 90% of your maximum heart rate because this can help you reduce anxiety and that's quite specific for people suffering with anxiety so just want to finish up with some strategies for trying to help you move whether you do move already or or whether you would like to move or whether this is something that you know you might be interested in in doing in the future to help you with your mood and your men and your mental well-being so i've given you some specifics for how exercise grows brain cells helps grow brain cells promotes the growth of brain cells can address depression and can also help reduce your anxiety like i said i don't really like or want to tell you i think it's helpful to tell you what to do you want to discover for yourself the benefits of movement and exercise and sometimes it's kind of hard to start moving and particularly you know if you've been sedentary and you've not moved for a while it's good just to try some small some small doses of exercise something that you can achieve something that seems achievable to you and that can be that can be any kind of movement so even if it's just in your front room and shadow boxing or or dancing or moving your arms and it often helps to sort of pick a song for example that you like and pick a movement to that song and stretch and play or shadow box you know so though just to get you started with a sort of feeling of movement and then you can get to this cycle where you realize that actually when you're even these small amounts of movement can actually really start to make you feel better so something small and something really achievable that's the place to start but if music you know is, is, uh, that's not your thing then try fi- find something that you love to do something which you really enjoy doing that's going to require you to move so a good example might be if you love nature then like walking in nature that that's going to force you and encourage you to get out there and to move going out to nature anyway and 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 interacting with the natural world we already know itself is actually good for your mental well-being but if you're moving as well that's also going to really help and get to experience what you feel like when you've done that kind of movement and then if you can find a community who can support you and exercise with them whether it's other walkers out in the natural world or if it's running or if it's tennis or if it's yoga whatever whatever you decide is your preferred form that you really are going to enjoy and that's a really most important thing and then try and find a community because we know that the, we have there's lots of good neuroscientific scientific evidence that social connectivity really helps with your move so that's interacting with other people and particularly if you're doing that 
while you exercise really promotes these kind of brain chemicals to help with your mood. So try doing it with someone else and connect with other people. You can, you know, run in groups and there's lots and lots of groups out there to, to support and help you. And <clears throat> as I said, we know the sort of brain chemistry of movement helps us bond and helps us connect with other people. And a good examples of that that you, I'm sure many of you know are things like parkrun, which I do myself with hundreds of other people every Saturday when it, when it was on before before the lockdown and good gym is another is another good one out there for connecting with other people while you do exercise and helping other people out there in the community so as i say exercise it should be enjoyable and it should set you up for what you do next it shouldn't be that you do it and then you're so exhausted and you can't you know do your next thing if it's to go to work or to go to college or to do whatever your next thing might be it should set you up for that it shouldn't be a chore and science has actually shown that exercise for your mental well-being is actually as important as sleeping and eating. And you wouldn't choose not to do those. You do do those. You wouldn't just choose to do those at the weekend. You'd actually fit them, you'd fit them regularly into your life. And that's why you should try and fit movement, if you can, into your life. It's an investment, really, in your future well-being. So try and get out there and start moving. So... I just want to finish up and say again, if you want to understand why your brain is so important to your mental well-being, then I've got a free video and guide on three insights about your brain that can really help you with your mental well-being. You can go and grab that completely free, Ology Online Courses forward slash free brain. That's ologyonlinecourses.com forward slash free brain. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'll pin the link below in the comments. So... Thanks so much for, for hanging out with me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and I'll see you in the next episode.